Yep, it's the Jeremy Webisodes podcast. Blinded by the light, wrapped up like... You know, he doesn't say douche, by the way. He says deuce. Blinded by the light. It's one of those ones where you thought you knew what the lyrics were the whole time, but actually he's not talking about... Dude, it's Hey Joel. It's not Hey Joel. Hey Joel. No, No. that's Jude. Yeah, who's Joel? <laughs> I don't know. Hey, jo- a... hey Joel. Hey Joel, what are you doing? Where are you going? Hey Joel. No, no. Oh, you mean Hey Joel? Where are you going with that gun in your hand? Is that the song mm. you're referring to? Hey Joel. No, I can't. Ryan just stopped talking. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, welcome to the Jeremy Webisodes podcast, ladies and gentlemen. It's not wrapped up like a douche. It's not Hey Joel. Where are you going with that gun in your hand? And nobody knew. Jude was a was a crossdresser at the time, but it's okay now in 2012. <laughs> what year is it? Twenty. Eight years off. <laughs> well, thank God, we're here. I'm here. You're here. We're here. Joss McGinty, Ryan Hatch, joining us once again here in the studio, where the lava lamp is in fact burning brightly as a beacon for all the lost souls in the world. May they find their way home. And you have found your way here to webisode number 22, recorded Wednesday, December 16th, 2020, and we are hell-bent rounding the corner towards Christmas. Guys. You've got the tree up. I've got I've got the Christmas tree up here in the lab. I oh. decorated it for you. I put all the yeah. all the really important you so know, are decorations. You, are, you, are you guys multicolor lights or white lights? On a tree. I'm a white light. I'm a white light. See, how bougie. Very bougie of both of you. I'm multi-colored a multicolored light. Lights. I don't know what pink has anything to do with Christmas. <laughs> I'm a multicolored Blue? light on the house. Like, I, I despise people that go. I don't know what happened. And when that became a thing, like the, 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 like the small white lights, like, that's not Christmassy. That's how you decorate, like, the Ritz-Carlton... You know, all year long. You that's, love the Ritz Carlton. That's like Tivoli lights around your pool. That's not. <laughs> there's nothing festive about white lights on your house, especially small white lights. It's very, just very sanitary. Okay, D- uh, maybe I should explain. On on our house, we've got the red and green lights on the house, but so we also have white lights. At least red we, or green. But we have white lights on the bushes and white lights on the Christmas tree. And here's the other thing. On your house, you have to have, like, the full-size Christmas light bulbs. You can't be having these little tiny I agree lights with that. Yes. on the house. Yeah. If you want to have little little lights, those go on the, the bushes. bushes. Those yeah. are accent lights. Agreed. On your house, on the edifice of your house, you have to have the big, full-size Christmas light bulbs. And if you're not going to go f- the full spectrum of the colors, which is what I prefer, you know, mm-hmm. as a child, you know, that grew up on predominantly the on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like the that in the lights, and um, and oh, you know, uh, at least red and green. Yeah. Or if you're red Jewish, go all blue. All I'm okay blue. with that. But but white is just like it's so, it's so sanitary. The the first year I owned my own house, I did all blue, because I thought it looked cool. 
You know, it, like, it, I, it, I, to me, it has a certain connotation. Yeah, and then and half of my neighbors, you're like, oh, we didn't know you were Jewish. They started delivering, you know, yeah. like uh, unleavened bread. And yeah, stuff no, but, to you. but it, uh, multiple people asked, and I was like, oh no, I didn't know that was a thing. I just thought the blue looked cool to like have the house outlined in blue. Weird move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that can be misled. For sure. Well, I mean, it definitely since I I think, you know, you're sending cer- certain messages uh, in the holiday season. Like, I'm not afraid of going like the full, you know, Christmas vacation. Uh, what, what what was that family's last name? The uh, Griswolds. The Griswolds. Yeah. Full Griswold Christmas at my house. Like, I don't care, you know, inflatable deer on the front lawn or whatever you want. It's it's the holidays. Have a good time. I agree. I don't think anything is is gauche or anything's over the top or anything's tacky at Christmas. It's like Christmas and, and, and Halloween, do whatever you want to your house. Take it down the next day. But like for the couple weeks leading up or whatever, do whatever you want. Have a good time. You can get a little gauche. I mean, I saw a house with purple lights on it. Hey, That's again, a weird one. Prince. I like yeah, Prince went purple, maybe Prince. purple lights all day. It's probably related to Prince. I well, just like the geez, like that'd an be organized. If I made fun of that and, and that gentleman was related to Prince, right? Shame you can't on make me. Fun of Prince, or the or the artist formerly known as, because yeah. now he's dead. Now the one you can't do is orange, because because Halloween already happened. There's a few colors you can't do. No, I agree. If your house is like is orange lined and black in orange and black <laughs> Christmas lights, then it's it's a, it, those are Halloween lights. You blew, you you blew it. Like a scary black cat. Yeah. No, you can't poster. just you can't, you can't decorate put, the wrong holiday. Just <laughs> staple some antlers to it. <laughs> now you're like just freaking r- people. Really out. throwing in the towel there. Yeah. Like a, I, a, like a bunny rabbit. Like a Easter rabbit can't be on a Christmas. Decoration. Yeah, if you're carving jack o' lanterns for Christmas, <laughs> then that, that sounds weird. I, I think you missed the. I know this is probably a, a I don't know, snooty statement or something. <laughs> Here but, we go. Um, I do like a consistent theme. You know, if you're gonna do something, you know, like uh, versus the we got one item of our display every year since 1964. And they've you've got like uh, you know a steam engine running to power lights for you know here because they're old. You got other kind of, and then you get the the new LED display you know projector. Like I don't want I kind of like a consistent theme. I don't need your entire lifespan of lights. I gotta be honest in the this, yard. The whole projector technology to yeah. me it's really phoning it in. Yeah. You know, for the people who use it for Halloween, for Christmas, where they put this tiny little box out in front of their house, and and it's and, you know it's laser beaming, you yeah. know, Santa bunnies. and bunnies and snowflakes all over their house. Like you didn't decorate, you put a little box up in front of your house, and you maybe ran a, a, a electrical cord. Yeah, you maybe ran an extension cord out from the garage. Well, the one that uh, phoning it in, and I see this is no lights in the house and like one inflatable Santa. Yeah. Like on the front lawn. Like yeah. Santa wants no part of that house. Yeah. He's embarrassed to be. Yeah. <laughs> He's looking around for everybody else. That's people like last minute, like not wanting or too lazy to do anything and putting up like one thing. It, it, at that point. Yeah. It, Just fake no, like you're out no of town. Things. Fake. You, yeah. You, <laughs> yeah. At this point, you've gone to Europe for 60 days. Yeah. So if if you don't if you haven't figured it out yet, ladies and gentlemen, uh, 
we've we've decided to talk a little bit about Christmas tonight. Uh, we're a week away, and um, the fact that we haven't even cracked the bottle yet is weird. Just goes to show you that we're just absolutely excited to talk about the holiday season. Well, and just some other things that went on. Oh, we may have been pre-drinking a little bit before the. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Yeah, but actually, we we do have the tree up in the lab alongside the lava lamp. Um, there's got like three ornaments on it and some lights, but they are the multicolored lights. So I thought I'd set the mood. Tonight we're gonna drink. Uh, and if you haven't been on joined us before on the show, ladies and gentlemen, primarily uh, we start out the show every week drinking something, and then we talk a little bit about what it is, why it is, how it is, what we know about it. Uh, tonight we're drinking tequila again, and it's another Añejo. This is the darkest of the Añejos that we've had so far. I mean, you can comment on the Yeah, it looks darkness. like a bourbon. It's dark, dark, Completely dark. like a bourbon. Aged again in bourbon barrels. Used bourbon barrels. This is Cantera Negra tequila. Again, it's 100% agave, extra Añejo. This is about a $120 bottle. Ooh. Nice little cork pull. Little... It's a rubber cork, and the top kind of looks like uh, pumice stone. I don't think it's actually pumice, but it looks like the, the stone that um, a lot of the uh, the pyramids outside Mexico City and, and some of those statues and stuff are, are made out of. But um, they, on the website, are calling this the best tequila in the world. This was suggested to me again by a listener uh, after the Bonner episode when we were so so hot on that uh, tequila ocho. Um, again, this is a, a listener that that contacted me and said, "If you really like tequila, uh, you got to try the Cantera Negra." So this is extra añejo. Yeah. I is... saw this on one of the lists uh, when I, I I think I forwarded you an article earlier this week. Um, this is on, yeah this in the, the top ten. Yeah, this is tequilas. in the top ten tequilas of all time. This one, uh, again, 100% agave, sourced only from Jalisco, Mexico. Um, this one, 2017 San Francisco World Spirits Gold Medal, which is a big deal. San Francisco World Spirits Awards every year. That's really kind of like, that's like the uh, Super that's Bowl. The big one. It's the Super Bowl, right? It's the Oscars of of the of the. Of I don't the think we're allowed biz. to say Super Bowl. It's the big game. It's the big game. Big game. Um. So yeah, this one gold. Uh, this is aged a minimum of two years. Uh, in in barrels and um, and so uh, it's it's so apparently it's it's one of the best. Well, let's see. Super sweet smelling. I mean, tons of sugary burnt, yeah, sugar. burnt caramel nose. Oh man. Oh yeah, it's, it's that's it's caramel water. Like when you drink tequila and you don't even have a like one percent twitch. Yeah, I mean that doesn't it's taste so anything really smooth. like like tequila, right? That tastes like um, that's like a you know agave syrup. It's got that real kind of that cooked agave taste, yeah. that burnt sugar, molasses, molasses, right? It tastes almost more like a rum than a tequila. Yes, boy, you guys did great. I didn't get any in. It does have a burnt, a good burnt caramel, molasses, sugar. Base. Wow, that's a that's a really really yummy drink. Yeah. Well, and I don't have a whole lot else to say about it. I mean, we've covered what tequila is, how it's made. You know, the fact that this is another one that's it's aged in bourbon barrels is it's interesting. Um, all of that color and flavor is coming out of that oak. I have one question. When you say it's at least two years, 
a brand like this that makes a hundred plus dollar bottle and gets the gold medals and stuff, all the awards, they probably go around the same amount of time, right? Like I can't imagine you have one that's been um, two years span and then you get another bottle two weeks later that's like eight years, right? You got to think they they it's there. No, there's just a consistency again, yeah. that, and that comes down to their their master distiller, master blender. With this product, they're going for a consistent taste. Um, so this in no way is uh, purported to be a single barrel. You know, this is definitely a blended product, but all that's going into it in the blend are different barrels of this tequila. And it's another one of those where they have, you know, a proprietary uh, process. They have a very small farm where they're sourcing their agave and Jalisco. And a big part of what they claim, like what I'm learning more, the more kind of as I'm getting into tequila, um, the artisanship in creating tequila is picking when, deciding when to pick your agave, how early or late in the season. Um, there's there's a whole school of thought there, whether you want it to go to a full maturity or pick it, you know. Um, uh, and, and agave, as we've, we've talked about before, it's not maturing in a single season. It's like eight years. Yeah, there's several years involved before it's going to be ready. I think eight years is minimum. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so, you know, there's that deciding to pick it at eight or let it maybe go 10, nine, 10 years. Um, and then, um, there's the school of thought, uh, of how the agave is prepared, whether it is steamed or roasted or, you know, how, how the starch is converted to sugar and how that whole process takes place. So there's that, that's where the artisanship takes place. And then in the sourcing of, uh, of your barrels and then how long you decide to leave it in the barrels and then the blending. And, um, this is, this is great. This well, is they came up with the right formula. I think they did a really good job here. And this is another guy. I can't really, it's another Don. Is it mayor's Jalisco, a pretty big town for, for making liquor and beer. I feel like we've said Jalisco a few times. Yeah. So here, here's how that works. Now, there was a time when basically all of the agave that was being used to make tequila um, was coming from in and around Jalisco. Um, and that's simply because that's the region in Mexico where it grew best. You know, it grew in a couple other places, but primarily um, the agave growing region was, was around Jalisco. So that's where all the tequila was made. Um, there was a school of thought that... Uh, like champagne, that tequila has to be made in in Jalisco. Um, but unlike champagne, it's not a hard, fast rule. Um, so it's a little ambiguous. There are uh, some different schools of thought. There are people that will tell you that in order to be tequila, um, it can be made anywhere, but your agave has to be sourced from Jalisco. Um, there are people that still want to hold to the uh, to the traditional that it has to be made in 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 Jalisco to be called tequila. But truthfully, um, none of those are hard and fast rules. And uh, you can uh, source your agave and make your tequila anywhere you want um, and still call it tequila. Uh, but you you don't see a lot of that happening. You're still seeing you know all the big names, all the best tequilas that we've had on the show here are all. Um, still sourcing their uh, their agave from the Jalisco area, and and the majority of them are still um, distilling in that area as well. But you don't have to. How much fun must that town be? Right. I mean, 
you are at home base for the best tequila. You would have to think so. Right? You don't go in there into a bar in Jalisco and get, like, the well tequila. Well, it's like if you are a bourbon guy, go to Louisville, Kentucky. If you enjoy drinking bourbon, you cannot go to a better place. It's literally the mecca of bourbon drinking uh, is Louisville, Kentucky, because you've got a multitude of distilleries within, you know, right. within a hundred mile radius of that town. And then you've got every single bar in that town hi- trying to highlight their favorite distilleries. So, I mean, <laughs> it's incredible. And since nothing's being imported, you know, all the bourbon is from within just a couple miles yeah. of the town. City you limits. can drink really, really high-end bourbon for extremely reasonable prices. I mean, I, I've at times, um, I found a bar in Louisville that, Louisville? Louisville. Louisville. That was serving um, Pappy Van Winkle 18-year for $15 a pour. That's insane. Which is downright reasonable. Downright reasonable. I'll say. So, yeah, this is good. This is delicious. You know, and it's with all the cinnamon and burnt sugar. You know, I was trying to think of something that we could drink that would be like holiday appropriate. And I just I didn't want to do eggnog. It just it didn't work out too well for the for the jackass guys. So I decided, you know, I'm not going to do eggnog. I didn't want to do like cider. So I didn't go I didn't go with a holiday appropriate beverage. But this is so burnt sugar and so caramely. It's it's kind of a little spice. Cinnamony. It's. You know, you kind of pulled it. Right. It has some holiday flavors. When you mentioned that we were having tequila on the kind of our Christmas show, if you will, I don't know if that would be my first thought of the Christmas drink. But, man, we've got flavor country. I mean, I got it. I'm ready to open a couple presents. What'd you get us? Yeah, I mean, I thought about it. I really kind of, you know, agonized over what's going to be our holiday drink. But I wanted it to be th- something that we could all enjoy and sit around and drink like we do. And I, I thought, like, after one eggnog or after one spiced cider, I was going to be done. Um, but this this one, in, in fact, if you would pass me the mm. bottle, I could, I'd take another pour. What'd you get us? Uh, I got you this $120 bottle of tequila oh, to share. Yeah, there we go. With me. <laughs> Must be present to win. Uh, can I tell a quick story while you're pouring? One year, so Jeremy Ryan and I all lived together for uh, uh, several years. And one year, Jeremy and I, well, uh, more than one, several years we exchanged presents. And one year, he came in the bedroom and said, Merry Christmas. I really kind of went a little bit over the top, but, you know, have a you know great holiday. You're a great roommate, great friend, da-da-da. And it was the state-of-the-art camera. This is before cell phone cameras were great. In fact, if they even had a camera yet on the phone. And I was like, dude, are you serious? Open it up. Nothing inside the box. <laughs> Do you remember that? There was no camera. No, so that exact same thing happened to me a couple years later. Same, literally exact same thing. Purchased at at, at Best Buy. No, you spent like $300 on me in 2001. So, and there was nothing in it. Exact same thing happened to me a couple years later. Same thing. Bought a camera from Best Buy, gave it to my wife for Christmas. Opened it Christmas morning, no camera in it. 
went back to Best Buy with that. We didn't do that. I don't, did you and I go back or did we? I don't we remember went how back. we remedied I it. I think we went back. And, and they, they solved like, it for us. No. They were like, you're high as Okay, fuck. well, when, when when we went back, um, they didn't say that. No. <laughs> <laughs> when we went back uh, with for, for my for the second time it happened, um, the guy was like, oh, yeah, this happens all the time. Because there's so much other stuff in the box, the manual and the charger and everything. It's the box is so heavy. Like one of the lighter things in the box is the camera. So the guys, the, the whatever delivery drivers, are going through and removing cameras from the boxes and then delivering, you know, pallets full of where you know a third of the the cameras are missing out of the boxes. So I went in there with my wife and my mom, and my mom like put, like put on her like jewelry and like you know we dressed up dressed the part and walked in you know walked into to best buy and we're like hey man and and the manager came out and was like oh yeah no this is this is a thing and they in that time they gave us a new camera that's how i would i would that worked out for meg yeah yeah i would assume it was it was closer like um a lot of them have you know they they keep the box in with you know they always they always have the display and that and I always assume that they have the display because you always keep that box under there because when you eventually do sell it you put it in its box and you go it's like the display shoe you know at a shoe store and so I assume that the empty box came from that and someone just happened to grab it and go no it's a thing the the delivery guys are taking them out of the boxes mm. because the boxes are so heavy with all the other stuff and then people don't notice the cameras are missing. You know, Ryan, what I didn't ask for for Christmas was a camera manual. Yeah, I got you a very <laughs> thick camera manual. Yeah. Hey, how, do, how do you use hey, a camera? Hey, one day, you might want to buy this model of camera because you're going <laughs> to know a, a lot about it. It's a great weekend reading, and when you finally right. actually do get the camera, you'll be all caught right. up to speed. He wanted to make sure I liked it before yeah. he made that kind of investment. Can, can you review this <laughs> yeah. and tell me if this meets your needs? Josh got a camera bag, a cleaning cloth, and a... 200 page manual in English, French, and German. I wanted you to be multicultural. Right. And if you know how to use a 35 millimeter camera in Swahili, then you could probably do whatever the hell you want in this life. I mean, I learned how to speak Swahili from reading a camera manual, and look at where I am. I mean, ch check out this proficiency. I know how to say Jumbo. Buana, which means hello, sir. And I know how to say Missouri sauna, which means good morning. And I speak Bushman. I know how to say Quihaba, which is shit happens. And Tao, no, wait. Kao, which is lion. And Nkwe, which is leopard. Okay? So now we all. I took a year of French. <laughs> Okay, so, you know, we've already started talking about Christmas a little bit. Uh, I thought uh, maybe tonight we could talk a little bit about Christmas traditions. We did Thanksgiving and kind of talked about our our relative Thanksgiving traditions and um, and some of how that varies and how it can vary regionally. Uh, I think it's very interesting. Um, you know, differently than Thanksgiving, uh, Christmas is more of a global holiday, whereas Thanksgiving is kind of just an American Things so uh, you get a lot of interesting cultural takes on the holiday. Thanksgiving here is far different than Thanksgiving in Spain, for instance. 
Thanksgiving in Spain. I'm uh, sorry. Christmas here is far different than Christmas in Spain, for instance. Um, and uh, so I thought we could, you know, talk about differing Christmas traditions. Um, a little history, real quick. Okay. <laughs> so Saint Nick's real name was Christian Bale. Oh no, wait, that's not right. Let me get right. Change the other page. St. Nick's real name was... Oh, no, 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 that's not what it says at all. It says St. Nick was a Christian bishop. Okay? St. Nick, Oles, was a Christian bishop who was known for helping poor children. So that's kind of where the legend starts. After he passed away, in his honor, people continued to do nice things for children on behalf of St. Nicholas. All right? So that's kind of where the tradition started. Santa Claus is a evolved from uh, the Dutch nickname for Saint Nick, which is Sinterklaas, or a shortening of Sint Nicholas. So Nicholas Claus, that's where that comes from. It's the last part of Nicholas. So, and I always wondered that. Where's Santa Claus? What's Claus? Why? Where's Claus comes from? Well, it's Nicholas. So Saint Nicholas basically shorts to Saint Santa Claus. And that's where that name comes from. So that's your little Santa Claus history. Nice. Where did uh, Mrs. Claus originate? Jesus Christ <laughs> took a rib out of Santa. Oh no! Wait. And that was Mrs. Claus. <laughs> I don't think any of that's right. I I was wondering how Jesus you know fit in fit there. into it. Well, at, at the end of the day, he is the reason for the season. But I don't want to get into all that right now. Um. So, uh, in my house, uh, traditionally, we, uh, the whole family, and when I say whole family, mom, you know, siblings growing up, we'd all get together at my mom's house the night of Christmas Eve, generally go to church, go to some sort of Christmas Eve ceremony, go at least see like the nativity or something somewhere, and then we don't really have any set Christmas Eve dinner. So for us, it's very casual. We'll order pizza, um, you know, uh, kind of very loosey-goosey. We've done different things every year. For a long time, it was order pizza. Um, we've, we've done the go out to Chinese food. We've ordered Chinese food. We've done tamales, but really no set traditional Christmas Eve dinner. Um, and then uh, we, we go to bed. Santa comes, you know, for all the kids. Uh, and then the big food tradition for us on Christmas is the breakfast Christmas morning. And for my family, that has always traditionally been biscuits and gravy. Um, sausage gravy primarily, but yeah. there, it was a bone of contention. The The girls kind of liked bacon gravy and the boys liked sausage gravy. And, I mean, at the end of the day, we all know sausage gravy is far superior. Oh, um, yeah. Bacon gravy doesn't sound horrible. No, it's pretty good. Did you ever do a double dunk? Well, I mean, of course, you put a little bit of both. Right. I mean, sausage gravy starts as bacon gravy anyway, and then you just add a bunch of crumbled sausage into it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I don't know what the problem was, but so that's the big tradition for my family is is wake up, and then it became you know the the question was well, do we wake up and we eat breakfast and then we open presents, and you're like you're trying to keep the kids from wanting to open presents. Um, but it's very also if you if you go straight to presents, then you're not eating breakfast till like noon, yeah. which is tough too. So that was another thing that 
that varied from year to year. Some mornings we would wake up and we'd go right downstairs and eat and then go in to open presents. But majority of the time we'd go because the kids ruled the day. We'd go straight into the Christmas tree, do some. It's a lot of times we'd kind of like do the kids' presents, yeah. then go have breakfast, and then go back in and finish up with the adults. But that was that's kind of our tradition. No, like, you know, we didn't do like a Christmas ham or any of that. Like, we didn't, you know, how about you guys? Do you have a, a Christmas Eve dinner? Well, growing up for 35, 40 years, we went to my cousin's in Newport every year. And everyone would bring a present for all the cousins, all the family. And she would rotate between like a ham and a prime rib. Okay. And she had a wood-burning fireplace. And then we were old enough. We had like really good bourbon and real good wine. And we'd we'd start at 6. And then by like 8, it was like two hours of like 40 people opening up presents. So you guys best. opened up all the presents the night before. No, this is from our family and extended family. Okay, so you did a present opening just that Christmas Eve. Yeah, we did Eve. 30 years at my cousin's as the tradition on Christmas Eve. Did everybody get everybody else presents, or did you guys do like a uh, like a drawing? Yeah, like For I'll a get while, you one, we got like and... a lot of people presents, right? The cousins. Um, it starts to get overwhelming. Right. It like, was, but it, it it was super super. At this fun. point it in was, my family, we do the 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 kind of like the drawing, where like one of the cut, you know, one of the nieces gets one of the nephews, yeah. and, you know, blah blah blah. But not everybody's getting everybody presents. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. Too crazy. And, I mean, it used to literally the presents started stacking up like you couldn't even get in my parents' house. They would go from like the Christmas tree yeah. all the way to the front door. It was like it was ridiculous. Well, my my cousin who hosted it, she would get. Um, all of the boys the same present a lot to make it easier, right? Like the same pair of pajamas, the same, if it was a gag gift, if it was the same bottle of wine, just to make it, you know, like even, even and cousins all got it. And to make, I'm sure it was a little easier too. Like, oh, what does Joss want? What does Aaron want? Yeah. What is, you know, Did you guys hard. drink nog or anything? Was there spiced punch or any of that stuff? On Christmas was at our house growing up. Christmas day. Christmas day. And we would... Wait till my mom had the camera ready and the coffee was brewed and me and my sister would just like be jumping, you know, going to ape shit, ready to go down the stairs. And then our grandparents would all be in town. They'd fly in from the East Coast and we did pretty much all the presents right away. Everybody's hung over from the cousin party the night before. Well, right. And then at 16 on, I was the driver. Right. Right. For mom dad yeah. grandparents <laughs> and then we'd have usually we'd have the we'd have another turkey dinner for christmas dinner. so how about christmas breakfast nothing special almost every year was sara lee coffee cake okay but then christmas night was, was another, another big another, dinner a big dinner and it was usually again turkey and stuffing we we did it one more like time. Like a Thanksgiving. Yeah. Full Thanksgiving. So Christmas night in my family again uh, over the years, um, we've kind of fallen off a little bit, but we got to back together again Christmas night, um, which for me, you know, I was like, come on, guys. You know, we did we did Christmas Eve. We've been together <laughs> all day now. It's like it Christmas night. I'm going to go play with the like my stuff that I got, you know? Right. 
Uh, and again, like you said, this all evolves over the ages of time, you know, with kids now and things. So like- we, we we traditionally would get together on Christmas night again and do another dinner. Um, and we would it was another pretty casual. A lot of times we would have a theme for Christmas night dinner where we'd all wear almost like costumes, like it was pajamas or, uh, you know, I mean, we did like tennis pros one year and that kind of stuff. Um, so Halloween. It was kind of like how yeah, it was weird, uh, but nothing again on the menu that was specific. It was real loosey goosey, kind of whatever we came up with that year. We never did like the traditional standing rib roast, turkey, duck, any of that stuff. Right. How about you, Ryan? Uh, mine was pretty uh, kind of the same into high school, and then after that, it changed. You know, like I only probably get together with my family for Christmas every couple years. Um, like where we're all in the same place. I think uh, this year, my mom's staying here. Um, we're staying here. And my sister's in Arizona, so everybody will be independent. And then we're leaving on Christmas Day. So, is there any specific food that for you like defines the holiday? I don't know. I think the turkey. Like the, we kind of do the thanks. We did the Thanksgiving kind of thing. Sometimes I'll do a prime rib or something. But um, yeah, I try to. It's been, been like I haven't really had a standard Christmas thing in a in a long time. Uh, yeah, for us it was the 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 big tradition was breakfast. Yeah, did you ever have my mom's crab muffins? Wow, um... <laughs> that was a huge hit. I never mentioned it on the Thanksgiving one, and she made them on Thanksgiving and Christmas. And they're absolutely. I nice. have had those. You know, I've always wondered them. about your mom's muffins, hey, <laughs> and uh, but I don't think I ever got the pleasure. No, they're on uh, Thomas's English muffins. Isn't that the ones you made? Yeah, they're they're pretty good. I don't think I've ever gotten them. Lump crab meat, Holland, a little hollandaise butter, seasoned salt. So that's a it's, traditional thing you guys have every year. And pumpkin. When bread. do you eat that? At bread. the cousin party. Crab muffins were. Uh, Usually she made enough to last for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, but certainly Christmas Eve. I thought you guys both had them. I've had they them. are literally like the best thing in the world, and they're an appetizer. And all the kids would like we'd eat like twenty of them. All right. Well, you know, that, I thought that's interesting. You know, people again. Um, I could get into global traditions. I actually kind of researched a couple. Uh, you know, but we, you know, we're we're all fairly familiar with the old the wooden shoe as opposed to the stocking and some of the different things people do. So, anyway, I, I find I find the varying ways that people celebrate the holiday, you know, very interesting. Um, I'm going through the thing right now with my kids and Santa, and really kind of having to justify to myself that I'm lying, lying to my just bold face lying to my kids. And um, I gotta be honest, it's, it's, it's I'm not that stoked on it. I don't really feel that stoked about about the whole Santa guys that I'm having to do. Like we don't do the the like the the elf on a shelf in my house. I mean, I didn't grow up with that. That's a fairly no. brand new thing. It's like within the last ten years. Or so. It's a new way to torture. So kids. we don't do that. I'm not gonna do that every day. And it's just another thing you're lying to him about, you know. And so it's like I'm not gonna build this lie into even more than it already is. 
and I and it, and that's that's something that's kind of new to me as as a fairly new parent. You know, my eldest child's six, and they're starting to be more and more kind of engaged in the holiday and really interested and talking about it and and Santa and all that stuff. And and uh, and yeah, and now that they are asking questions and they're that much more engaged, it's that much more of like you're actively lying to them. And, uh, and I'm not that stoked about it. And I'm not that stoked about building up this huge thing and making them all happy about it and getting them all excited and at some point ripping that rug out from under them and be like, oh, no, I was just kidding. Well, that no, sucks. Just lying to you. So, you know, I don't know how far I'm actually going to go with this whole Santa thing, to be totally honest. We don't really... In my house, I mean, we it's kind of a thing because the kids talk about it, but we don't really, I don't really play up the Santa thing really that big. I mean, the majority of the presents are coming from mom and dad. They're not coming from Santa. Yeah. You know, Santa might, you know, maybe is going to fill the stockings. Uh, but when, as, as opposed to when I grew up, the majority of the presents came from Santa. You woke up and there was a bunch of presents under the tree and blah, 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 and that was just from Santa. Um, that's not how really I'm playing it in my house. It's it's more kind of Santa's fun and we talk about him, but like that guy at the mall that we take the picture with, like that's not Santa. You know, I don't even know who Santa is, but none of those guys are really. You know, we always until we so far it's like to the kids like those are all Santa's helpers, and you know, so it, it, at this point still when I tell Lying them I'm them. Santa yeah. that all those guys at the mall you were taking the picture with were helping me out. <laughs> you know, they're giving you a place to go take a picture with a guy in a beard. But yeah, we're not. I don't know. How, how about you, Josh? You're a dad. Yeah, very big on on that. But I, I want to go back to the elf on the shelf. On the shelf. Which, so that's a weird new school. Well, you know where uh, the elves shouldn't genius should, marketing. That guy made be. so much money. Don't um, make sure the elves don't um, end up in the oven. Yeah, <laughs> no, they don't. There, I think there's a a little tag says no. keep away from open flame. Well, they didn't know that. Who? The elves, we have uh, three elves, and they uh, well, who, who, ended who, who, up in the oven. Who, 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 who put them in the oven? They just went there on their own. No, 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 they didn't. They did. They didn't. And uh, we turned on. Why the oven? They don't like elves. We forgot they're in there, and they burned fairly significantly. You gassed your elves. <laughs> it, it 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 was not a pretty scene. The kids are never going to be the same. No, there's an elf. Like, how do you tell your 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 six year old that your elf is a paraplegic? You blame He's it melted. on the, you blame What's it on the ma- neighbor's dog. What happened to his face? Uh, it was more feet. Oh, feet that's not melted. so bad. Right. We have yeah. we have third degree burns on the legs. Ah, uh, well, that's you know. He's fine. He'll recover just, from just, that. Elves don't belong in an oven. That's no, not the no, spot. No, story. I I blame the parents, uh, really, yeah. on that one. <laughs> Me? Yeah. I blame the I blame the folks. I don't think you read the warning label on your elf. <laughs> Distinctly says, "Do not." Yeah. So is that going to be a new Christmas tradition for you, where you melt your elf and yeah, you mortify maybe we'll your just children make it, and maybe make it a thing? And that's kind of how you can talk them. At listen, we've been trying to wean you off the Santa thing by slowly maiming your elf every year. <laughs> you could. It's like uh, we get rid of the negative in our life by cooking our elf at the end of the year. <laughs> right. You turn it around. Maybe if you throw a little butter on that thing and a, put it okay, on a now you're roll. just weird. <laughs> 
Now we've now we're cannibalizing elves. But you you said something. You know, at the end of the year. You know, whatever you said. You mm. said end of the year, and I'm gonna hang on that and, and segue with it. Nice. Uh, you know, 2020. She's a son of a bitch, huh? Mm? I mean, it's just been a thing after. It's one thing after another. I mean, let, let, let's do a real quick just recap of all the shit. Okay, for obviously COVID. We've got, you know, murder Un- hornets. Unrest. We've civil got unrest. civil unrest of all sorts of kinds. We've got, you know. Uh, R- record uh, fires. Fires in California. Um, fires in Australia. Uh, we've, we've had uh, hurricanes. We've had uh, tsunamis. We have had uh, a, an incredibly lame presidential uh, election. Um, it, it's just been a crappy year, and uh, and I and so tonight I don't want to talk about any of those things. I don't want to dwell any longer on on what a crappy year 2020 has been because we're almost done, guys. We've almost made it to the other side of the the the, the poop lake. And if we just keep swimming, we're going to make it. And so what I want to focus on tonight is the positive stuff that happened in 2020. We all have been drilled. You know, we all know the crappy stuff that happened. So let's talk a little bit about some of the good things that have happened in 2020. For instance, I know that just human beings staying at home and letting kind of nature take its course has had all sorts of beneficial things, you know, happen. First off, I gained 15 pounds. Well, right there. So thank goodness. I was rail thin. Mm -hmm. You were wasting away. I was literally, you could So that's good. You know, now we can no longer see your cheekbones or ribs. So you're looking a lot more healthy these days. Right, right. I wanted to to look like a bowling pin. (laughs) And now I've got it. Finally. You kind of look like a bowling pin that like melted. <laughs> so I'm happy to. Start so there's that. that. Okay, there's mm-hmm. number one. One good thing that happened in 2020. Joss now has the physique of a melted bowling pin. <laughs> <laughs> there's some other stories in the news. What else is good that has happened, Ryan? Um, the whales have returned to New York City. Is so- that a sporting team? Uh, no. Yeah, the New no. York Whale. The New, New York, York Now that's like, I mean, I'm just gonna throw it out there. High Lie. So yes. Is that the New York High Lie team? <laughs> Professional so. High Lie. The well, New York Whale. The Triple A team. Okay. The farm team. <laughs> the farm team. So the whales have returned to New York Harbor. Yeah. So they it had been since like 2004. There haven't been any whales sightings and seeing. And there's like you know whale watching and things like that, just like they have here. But since 2004, there's been no whales there. And in fact, they had. Um, Jerry, one of the famous whales, he's, his tail up in the air is one of the environmental group's you know, logos. Okay. He's a, a very famous whale in New York City. He even came back. Oh, they've recognized that Jerry's back. Yeah, so Jerry's back. I mean, is it a good thing for the whales to be back? Let's, let's be honest. I well, mean, is it a good thing for the whales to be in New York Harbor? There's a lot of boat traffic. I feel like it's a dangerous place for them to be. Yes. I mean, one of the reasons, one of the ads that, or one of the ads or one of the campaigns that his tail is used is the um, anti, you know, rub or anti, like, like so basically a campaign to tell you not to hit them. Yeah, don't boat. hit your whales. 
well, hey, you know, I'm trying not to. Yeah. He got in the way. Yeah. Ryan, you mentioned whale watching. Yes. In New York. Let me tell you something. If if, <laughs> if there hasn't been a whale spotting in 16 years, that must be a dying industry. Yeah. yeah. The <laughs> fact that it's even that that guy that owns that boat, you, I just picture him. Hey, uh, any uh, any takers today? Hey, for 120 mm, bucks. No. Yeah. You'll see nothing. He's got his wife in like a scuba outfit, and she's got like a like a you know a prosthetic tail, and inflatable. Drops her off, and then comes back around with a boat full of people, and she sticks the tail up out of the water and shakes it around. And you're fighting off to the port side. Yeah, he can't be doing well. Yeah, no. But so the first first year back, and they're saying basically the the reduced boat traffic has allowed it's just allowed the water to clean up that little bit to where there's more plankton growing in the east river and the whales come in for the plankton and so wow. what kind of whales are we talking here no humpback. idea nice humpback yeah huh so that's the whales cool. are back okay number two that's a good thing joss well candle wax whales are back in new york harbor mm-hmm. in the feel-good story of the year not all elderly uh don't survive covid right well thank god right as a matter of fact a 103 year old woman beat covid and she celebrated with a cold beer is there any cold beers left in here there's a few simon A 103-year-old woman from Massachusetts who recovered from COVID celebrated with a favorite drink, a cold beer. And by the way, there's a picture. <laughs> it is a 22-ounce Bud Light. Like, like I love that she went for the aluminum, Bud Light. Aluminum bottle. Aluminum bottle, the 22. Yeah. I think that's in like an God four bless pack, her right? soul. Yeah. She's Thoughts like, and oh, prayers. Could, could, I get a, could I get an IPA or a triple? No. No, I want a Bud, Bud Light. Light. So this is from CNN. I'm reading this. At one point, her family was told that uh, her name is Stenya, had stopped eating and drinking and might not make it through the night. Turns out... Bud Light. She didn't stop drinking. <laughs> She's she might not make it through the night. Have a Bud Light. Right. Okay, so Bud Light cures COVID is what we learned tonight. Right. Is I that... mean, they, I'm su- really surprised they haven't Maybe not. Ad- put that in no. their ad campaign. The nurses came in her room one day and she said, I'm not sick anymore. Get the hell out. <laughs> I love this lady more and more. Where's my Bud Light? Uh, and the nursing staff honored Stenia's perseverance <clears throat> with one of her favorite treats, an ice cold beer. What a testament to the human condition. You know, and those first responders, the frontliners out there, you know, quick with an icy cold Bud Light. Just another it's reason fantastic. to does, bless them this season. Does your insurance cover that Bud Light? Was that like a two hundred thousand? Oh my! Yeah, yeah, yeah was exactly. that a twenty thousand dollar Bud Light? <laughs> Thanks, Blue Cross Blue Shield. And are we nervous at all that the nurse had one uh, at the ready? Yeah, right. <laughs> she had her own cooler in the car. Yeah, the igloo. I hope it's not on the same ice as my. Yeah, gallbladder. Yeah. <laughs> Same ice as my colostomy bag. <laughs> I like that you cool that stuff down. <laughs> so she uh, tr- truly is an American patriot. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's another fantastic positive story to take out of 2020. 
So I got one. Okay. See how Ryan was just going to go for number two. Well, you can't go. What, you, what else? We haven't made it around the horn. No, we haven't gone around the horn. But do you, it. You, no, you're on. Uh, really quick. Uh, a positive thing: distilleries banded together to start creating tons of hand sanitizer. That was a really cool thing. Uh, the industry, you know, stepped up and supplied a ton of hand sanitizer in a time where that stuff was hard to come by. So that was very cool. Cheers to the distilling industry. Um, we went to space, which was super cool. Uh, yeah. SpaceX. From US, from yeah, U.S. soil. From U.S. soil, the first time since like... It was 10 years. I think. Yeah. Went to space. Um, first private spacecraft spacecraft to dock with the International Space Station. Yeah. So all that's very exciting stuff. We're, yeah. we're, I mean, space travel happening, so we're not completely standing still. Well, it makes sense. I mean, you couldn't get out of this planet fast enough. Well, I mean, those literally, those guys won. Yeah. The, the the world is going to shit. And what were their names? Like Bob and Doug. Bob and Doug. Bob and Doug, the SpaceX astronauts, were like, we're at peace. So Yeah, can you just, imagine that high five? Just one clarification. They are NASA astronauts on a SpaceX craft. Okay. Okay. Oh, they're not like from our high school? No. It's not oh. Bob and Doug. You know, it's Bob and Doug. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. Bob and Doug, NASA astronauts. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever, man. Very cool. And they, yeah. they, they bugged out International Space Station. And they're back. Can you imagine at this point that the International Space Station smells very nice? No. And it has a leak right now. It is leaking air on the Russian side. I imagine Cheers that as soon as the airlock opens, mm-hmm. it smells like 20 years of Russian farts. <laughs> wet balls. Just wet <laughs> cabbage. Oh. You know? Yeah. And so, you know, know. They, they, as far he... as Joss goes, because I know Joss just has zero interest at all. You know, they're selling... Um, there's a another company that's getting ready to privatize space flight and and start selling tickets. You can, Virgin Galactic. Virgin Galactic. You can literally go up in a rocket and see the curvature of the Earth and feel weightlessness and all that. I I know Joss has it's like twenty five thousand dollars a ticket. Oh, yeah, we should get it for him. I know Joss has oh. zero interest in, and that makes me all the more want to get him the yeah. gift certificate and be like, listen, this was twenty five thousand dollars. You, you to are go. doing this. Even I, more I, fun. I, I would I would sell that for like seventy five hundred dollars. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Just think, Mister Feedback would never have any shit to say to you ever again. Yeah. If you would just do it, literally. I mean, the entire listenership would have so much more respect for you. We've talked about this six years ago. Everything I need is on planet Earth. Television. The remote for that television. Liquor cabinet. You, what else do you need? Your family. <laughs> yeah. He's a very simple man, this Joss McGinley. Space. Beer. Space has nothing. I, I don't think you get to drink in, in space. No, you don't. But it's but space is blackness. I'd find a way. Let me tell you There's this. There's nothing there. Jerry's <laughs> an astronaut. Is... He's the first astronaut to make Pruno. <laughs> or like a, get like a DUI. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On the way. On the way to, there. To the okay, <laughs> International Space <laughs> You came in a little hot in your docking sequence. (laughs) 
Can you imagine Jeremy getting pulled over in that thing? Sorry, there's a beer bottle underneath the brake pedal. <laughs> no, it's not. Like, <laughs> yeah, the, the airlock opens and, like, a bottle comes rolling into the space station. <laughs> so, but, yeah, no, I would take the space flight. I don't want to have to smell the 20 years of Russian farts. I would, you know. So that's like my it. take on space. Yeah. The flight, the whole thing. Weightlessness. I don't want to go. I want to go to the new space station. Yeah. The old one. Russian no. farts. Yeah. Shag, shag carpeting. Yeah. It's just. It's yeah. I don't want to see the naga hide. Right. <laughs> I just wanted to say naga hide. I just feel like in in the Russian side they're gonna have like a, you know, a skinned polar bear on the rug. What is it with Russians and bears? That's a thing. Yeah, they got a lot of them apparently. Is that what it is? Just a lot of bears in Russia? I think it's the the whole you know I mean, you oligarchy. Go, like you, you have if you're not you're nothing if you don't have a bear. Oh, you have a bear. Yeah, or you kill a bear, uh, have a bear rug. Something about bears. Having bears. I picture the space station being like the bar from Star Wars. <laughs> Is it like that? The Moss Eisley Cantina? Yeah, the Cantina. Is it not like that? Uh, I don't think so. Probably not. More, I would say it's more sweaty balls, Russian farts <laughs> kind of a thing. More that. You know? A lot of unshowered, unkempt, kind of oily-haired I mean, it's, guys named You're not Olaf. taking a 40-minute shower. Like, yeah. Just think that you're like... You're literally you're gonna go, and not that this is by any means like I, I, that's part of the deal. I think if when you when you go there, I, I think it would be amazing to go there. But I occasionally like a forty minute shower. I literally just sit in hot water. Yeah, I don't want to get out of the shower until everything is the same temperature as the water coming out of the of the shower nozzle. Yeah. I want my entire body, my blood, my internal to everything to be about. The yeah. same temperature as the water coming out of the nozzle. Then I'll get out. So no turn down service on the yeah, space I station. I don't think they have. They don't down. have that. And huh. they also don't have the thing where you're like, I'd like um, a sirloin steak, <laughs> a la Oscar, and, and like a creme brulee, and it's like boop beep, boop beep, boop, and it spits it out for you. You're literally eating like bags of strained peas. I mean, it's bags baby food. Of it's, nutrients. Yeah, it's baby food. It's soylent mm. green. For the entire time you're up there, and you're smelling Sven's balls, and your butthole itches the entire time. It's just that. Wow. So I can I understand why you maybe you don't want to go to space, Charles. Now that, now that I put I mean, it that certainly way, certainly not selling it. I think it's it's like it's like real estate location, location, location. That view is amazing. Yeah, but what you got to give up for it? Yeah. I mean, you got to be ready to make some sacrifices for sure. It's like we talked about, you know. Last week's, you know, uh, all about the bung. If you take care of the bunghole, uh, you know, and you don't lose your whiskey, right? Um, then, uh, then you know, life's way easier. And right. I think you can take the look at that. However, that applies to space too. S- space it's a also. Um, I think they do say that, uh, and even people who've been in the um, in like the U two that flies at extremely high altitude, like they're like seeing seeing the Earth as one piece like the the big marble has got to be pretty crazy like it's got to change your perspective on things even though like we can visualize what it looks like seeing it which they don't really right. see well, it all at one time but well, not really 
I mean, no. you you There's see yourself up. in 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 you know from the perspective yeah. of I mean, you're this little speck on this huge planet, and you don't you know no matter where you are, I don't care if you're even on a, on a high mountain, you know the event horizon you're you're not you're seeing a few miles yeah. in any given direction. To be able to capture the entire thing in one glance, it, it would kind of give you a different perspective and kind of help you kind of redefine your place yeah. in the galaxy. You know, when we're here and we're we're just another ant in the colony, it's really easy just to get caught up in the everyday, like, you know, right? You can't see the forest for the trees. Yeah. When you're out there, you start to realize not only <laughs> are you a small cog in a huge machine... Um, but you know, on that same vein, it, it, the machine's going to keep right on <laughs> rolling without you too. Yeah. You know, and I think that, that, you know, nothing helps you wrap your head around mortality, like getting out into space and really getting able to put yourself yeah. in perspective, you know, in the, in the shape of the universe. You're in a foil bag uh, yeah. floating around the earth is, uh craziness not to mention i mean the guys that are going and do doing the exterior work on the on the satellites and the yeah. space station and like the spacewalk yeah i mean that is talk about i mean that makes my balls ache just, <laughs> just thinking about it i mean you have one little tether come loose yeah and I mean, you're, you're just you're gone you're baby remote I mean, there are there is there are places in the Pacific Ocean where um, you can go, and the closest other people are in the space station. That's interesting. Yeah. So let me is... ask you this: Are there any documented cases of someone mid spacewalk just like coming detached and floating off into nowhere? I don't there think any, so. We lost any American astronauts just floating away in space? Not Americans. Now the Russians. <laughs> I mean, tell your story. You were telling me the other night. Yeah. I, I did not know this. This is very interesting. And since we're talking so about, about space, I, I started. I st I've started following and and listening to um, uh, a YouTube channel that basically goes through, uh, um, you know, uh, secret documents and documents that have been declassified and and things like that. And um, one of the things I heard and did a little other research, and it so far seems to be true. Um, four days prior to us launching our astronauts to land on the moon. Four Ta days, the very first time you're talking Neil yeah, Armstrong? The first time. Um, the Russians launched basically the same mission four days earlier, had some kind of technical problem, and basically just um, orbited the Earth for four days, some, some amount of days. Um, we then launch, go up, land on the moon, and uh, the Russian government basically said, you know, we don't understand you're having problems, but they just beat us. You need to get people on the moon now. And so they, you know, were able to, you know, even with the problems they were having, they pitched, you know, they pitched that uh, spacecraft out towards the moon and it crashed on the opposite side of the moon where our people were. So let me get this straight. While our people are on the moon, mm -hmm. while Neil Armstrong is standing on the moon planting a flag, yes. the Russians are crashing dudes into the other side of the moon? Yes. Wow. See, same, I did, that, that is a part days. of history I did, I did not know. 
So you, you hear what he's saying, Joss? They're they're rotating around out there. They're orbiting, and we we go ahead and land, which was fraught with all of its own disaster. I mean, yeah. We almost screwed that hole up when Splash yeah. landed. Barely missed a huge crater. You know, I, you probably oh, yeah, all heard yeah. that story. So, but we we get down. The Russians are like, "Yo, they've landed. We know you're having technical difficulties." We're going to need you to make contact with the moon and basically just accelerated the cosmonauts yeah. at the moon. Like, yeah. splash landed them. Like, no chance for recovery. Yeah, there was... They didn't even... You, you told me yeah, they didn't yeah, even they, have when, the technology to get back off the moon if they ever did successfully if land. If they did successfully land, they, you know, they were having communication and all that kind of stuff. But when they actually found the diagrams and everything, the engineering wasn't there. Like, there was no method... To now come off the moon. So even if they had successfully landed them there, they were they were never coming home. No, it was a suicide mission from day one. But now they didn't whether or tell not the, the Martians yeah. or the cosmonauts knew that. Yeah, the Martians. <laughs> the Martians. <laughs> what are we calling them? The cosmonauts. Oh, cosmonauts. Yeah. Cosmonauts. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so and you know and the um, the the actual uh, the guy that you know is the first man in space to come back. Yuri Gagarin. Yuri something. Mr. Feedback will get me. Maybe don't. Maybe don't say this entire part. Um, but their their first person they had in space uh, wasn't actually the first attempt. That was their first launch and recovery. They had um, other attempts where the thing broke. You know, like it coming back into the atmosphere broke. It was damaged. All the controls freezed up. They didn't have any way of controlling it. <clears throat> Parachutes didn't open, and that guy bounced. You know, from coming in the atmosphere into landing in Siberia. And um, they said everything was, his teeth were shattered. Like the impact was so hard, his teeth were shattered. And they have recordings of him coming, falling during there. So apparently, and I want to say NASA, but I don't think it was NASA at the time. At the time, it was the space program. They didn't, the Russians didn't have a means of encrypting their radio communications with the cosmonauts with their satellites and everything. So as soon as they started talking, we had, we were monitoring it. And so we were monitoring this whole thing going on. Every time they launched something, we knew about it. Um, and, uh, and heard them just killing people. Like <laughs> it was a best efforts. Like, I don't feel like ours was best efforts. Maybe it was. We were and really trying. They, yeah. were, they were, I don't know. Anyway, extremely fascinating to think that while Neil Armstrong standing on the moon, Russians are crashing into the other side. I yeah. did not know that little tidbit of history. Yeah, neither did I. Just just learned it last week. And so, there's an uh, is is that holiday? Is that holiday? is that like Christmassy? Yeah. Info. We've not only gone off Christmas, we've yeah. gone back uh, fifty years in uh, history. Exactly. Instead of talking about two thousand twenty. Another country. Yeah. Right. Well, that I think that that's a good place to wrap it all up, you guys. <laughs> we got another just. You know, light one if if you if you got another one. Oh, we're we're, we're back to good. Stuff we're back that to good in, stuff okay. in two, in twenty twenty. Let's close it out with one more good thing that happened in two thousand twenty. Uh, pandas have been super frisky. What do you, uh, you know, in the zoos, we've had uh, pandas born in Washington D.C., Hong Kong, and mainland China. So no, I've I actually saw saw this one. More pandas were born in captivity in 2020 than in any other year yeah. in history. I'm just wondering, are they camera shy? They don't like that they're constantly being watched? Well, you know, would you want 
10,000 strangers to watch you mating? Hey, Mom, look, I think he's going to pork her. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it gets weird. Well, the They're banging on, on the glass. 10,000 is a little much. Well, yeah. the one on Hong Kong, they didn't, um, they couldn't successfully reproduce for 10 years. Oh, yeah. And, and they finally got the people out of the zoo and turned the closed caption yeah. or closed circuit TVs off. And maybe their bassist bear, was just, chicka, bear yeah, just their, their bassist. They got a new bassist for the zoo. Right. Well, I mean, I've always just been fascinated by people in the adult film industry, let's call it, that able to perform in that situation. I mean, let's be honest. As sexy as it might look on TV, there's really like, you know, like Jim, the light guy, standing just off camera chewing on a nub of a cigar. Uh, right. A little to the left. Yeah. You know, like the gaffers <laughs> right. over there laying down duct tape. Like it's, it's not a sexy scene. Everything's sexy in front of the camera. Everything off camera is like... And the fact that those people can perform and make it look as good as they do, that, allegedly, not that I've seen a bunch. I've heard people talk about it. A bunch. A bunch. I've, I've seen, seen all seen of a that. A bunch. <laughs> but, um, but it is fascinating that panza, uh, pandas enjoy coitus much more... In private. Alone. Because <laughs> I know Ryan is a full-blown exhibitionist. Oh, right. So he's definitely not a panda. Like, no. his spirit animal isn't a panda. Uh, right. <laughs> his spirit animal is, like... Yeah, Ryan would make love at the 50-yard line of, like, a football game. Yeah. He'd have no problem doing that. Oh, God. That's, like, he's literally, like, his dream. <laughs> I think that's... uh. That might have been, you know, at, at 25. Ryan's 30. spirit animal is like the dog that, like, is humping in the cul-de-sac every morning when you leave for work. Jesus. So but the crazy thing is, is you think, hey, I'm in Washington, D.C. We just had a new panda. Good for me. But it turns out you don't own pandas. I don't own any pandas. No, no, you're right. I don't. No, no, you don't. No one does except the Chinese government. What, about, what do you mean? So every panda that you have ever seen costs a minimum of a million dollars per year for you to show to the public. So if there's a panda, for instance, the pandas at the, the Washington, D.C. Zoo. Yeah. They are paying a year, a, a yearly, renting, them from, renting them from China. Wow! Even if you take your, you have two pandas. So there's no privately owned pandas in the no. whole world. Well, I mean, unless you're you Chinese. can have them in your private zoo, but you are paying a million dollars for a, the royalties for that. You're renting pandas, so they can't get dual citizenship. Or no, anything no, like that. No, very interesting. Yeah. So even let's say you have two pandas. A mommy panda and a daddy panda, and they really like each other. And they 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 do the coitus thing that we yeah, were talking about. Yeah, and and you take they do the, the wild thing. Yeah, um, that new panda, um, that's you don't own that one. Really? Yeah, you paid for its housing, its food, its room and board. You know the the jazz musicians. Yeah, the jazz well, musicians. The red this, wine. This nope. new panda that was born on American soil isn't that no. America's panda? No. 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 No, China owns that panda. In fact, you're going to pay um, a one-time $400,000 baby tax on that panda. And and then you can uh, pay the million dollars a year to, ex wow. you know, to show that panda. Jeez. You know what? I don't think I'm going to get any pandas. No, they're too pricey. Well, they said, like, the, the um, I think it was the Bronx Zoo, they had a quote that their um, occupancy or attendance doubled when 
they got their first panda. So it's um, they're money makers. So that's why they're. You know, another thing that I learned in 2020 is owning exotic animals doesn't really work out for you very well. Right. Yeah. (laughs) There's another thing that I learned in 2020. Yeah. Tigers, pandas. It never it never seems to work out. It's not going to. No. You know, I was just starting to look in to getting getting one. Getting a panda. I'm so glad. This podcast. It's informative. It's so informative. Well, thanks for being here, Joss. I'm glad that we could, you know, teach you and keep you on the the beaten path um, and keep you from, yeah, the straight and narrow um, because we don't want you veering into the bushes and, and, and winding up with a panda. No, it's, I think this has been a very good uh, show for me personally. <laughs> so happy holidays to you. Happy holidays. Well, Jared, thank you for another uh, episode. I can't believe we've been doing this for 22, 23 weeks now in 2020. 22 episodes in a row, webisodes in a row. In a row. We haven't missed one. We haven't missed one. We're going to try to get in 23 this year, so we will not be here next week. Uh, next week is Christmas. <laughs> so, so we won't be there for yeah. that. Yeah. Merry Christmas to all of you out there in the listening world. We will not be here next week, so we hope you have a fantastic holiday. Um, as weird of a year as it is, we hope you get to you know, celebrate in some way that makes you happy. And then we will get one more episode in the week uh, between Christmas and New Year's, and that will wrap it up for the 2020 season of the Jeremy Webisodes podcast. So, once again, we won't be here next week, but the week after, we will be back to close up uh, 2020. And uh, and just, you know, I can't thank you guys enough for being here. Um, it's been extremely thrilling to be on this side of, of the podcast and to watch our listenership growing steadily every week. So, for our, our diehard lava lampers out there, I really appreciate you um, coming back week after week and sharing the show with your friends and the people you work with. And um, it's it's been it's been awesome. I, I'm I'm truly extremely proud of what we have done and what we've put out this season. Um, I think we've had some great guests. We've got to try some amazing booze, uh, uh, some really interesting topics. So I hope you got to learn something. I hope you enjoyed yourself. Um, most importantly, I hope you've had a couple laughs. And um, and 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 just and thanks again. So uh, thanks for participating, and um, and we really, really, really appreciate it. Okay? So that being said, you take care of yourselves. You have a great holiday season, and we look forward to seeing you right here in, in a couple weeks on the Jeremy Webisodes podcast. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas.